So I want to talk tonight a little bit about, I want to share with you a little bit about uh, a theme on performance and belonging. Because Lord knows, on the day after Thanksgiving, if any issue arises, and I'm sure many arise on the day after Thanksgiving, maybe the day of, for sure, one of them that always recurs for me as if a friend returning every year is that theme, the theme of belonging and performance, authenticity, and it almost always coincides with this week's Torah portion, Parshat Toldo, Toldos, and the story of Yaakov Avinu and Esav, his brother, the twins, and it's very poignant for me because I too am a twin, and I identify very strongly with this story in a very personal way. And I want to begin by acknowledging that as we enter into the heart of the Genesis narrative, into the heart of Breshit, there is no story that occupies more space in Breshit. There is no story that occupies the depth of literary complexity. There is no story that is as rich in yielding insight, gems of wisdom, as is the story of Yaakov Avinu, Jacob, our patriarch, and his struggle is literally his struggle to, to save himself and ultimately to save a people and a family. So to enter into a family is complex. We all know that. And the Torah wants us to know early on in this week's Torah portion that just like in any family, feelings are visceral. They are there. There's nothing that we can do about them, so to speak. The Torah tells us in chapter 25 of this week's Torah portion, verse 28, esav befiv, and Isaac loved Esav. Why? He would, he would hunt for him. He would bring back food. He would place food into his mouth. Virivka and Rebecca, oh, she also loved. Oh, Heves, she loves continually in the present moment as Yaakov. She loved Jacob. And so, so far, so good. It might bother us. Wait a second. You mean another moment of preferential treatment? Another split in the family? Another difficulty? Oigewalt. And on some very simple level, we're, we get it. Right? We get it. Sometimes parents can't help themselves. They have one child. They have a natural affinity for that child. But the Torah doesn't tell us that Isaac has a natural affinity for his son Esau. And it doesn't tell us that Rivka, Rebecca, has a natural affinity for her son Jacob. Both of them are their sons. Instead, we have, we have a clause, we have two clauses, and we have a reason given in the first clause and no reason given in the second. Isaac loves Esau because Esau gives him things, food specifically. There's a reason 
that is given in the Torah, and immediately we're reminded of an Ava Shetluya Badavar that in the Ethics of the Fathers, Pirkei Avot, it says that a love that is conditional, conditional love does not have kiyum, it doesn't last. A love that is dependent on an object, so to speak, that isn't for its own sake intrinsically. So immediately we have that association. But Isaac, Isaac loves Esau because he gives him food. And Rebecca, Rebecca just loves. And we think, wow, lucky Jacob. At least he has the unconditional love of his mother. That's all he needs. The unconditional love of his mother. But then what are we to do with the next verse in this week's Torah portion? Immediately upon that verse, Vayazed Yaakov Nazid, Vayavo Esav Minasadev Hu Ayef. And there Yaakov is making a soup, he's souping a soup. And Esav comes in from the field and he's tired. The setup. Vayazed Yaakov Nazid. So we would think, maybe on a very simple level, okay, there doesn't, there's no separation between the two verses. The love of Jacob from his mother Rebekah is, right, and the love of Esau from his father Isaac, that's one moment. And now we've switched frames. Now we're in the next frame, scene and action. Done. Okay. Here we have birthright scene. We all know the story. Let's move. But it bothers, the, it bothers all of the commentaries. What's the connection, is there a connection, they wonder, between this momentous verse, this verse that seems to set the entire denouement, the whole thing is based on this verse. Isaac loves Esau, mistakenly we think, because he brings him food. And Jacob, Jacob's the lucky when he has his mother's love. And then there's Jacob making soup. A great rabbi, Rav Chaim Ibn Attar, the Or Chaim HaKadosh, says something so beautiful, so profound, that I wanted to share with you tonight and think together about how it relates to Thanksgiving and being in a family. The Or Chaim says, Bayazed Yaakov, and Yaakov was busy souping, Ulai, he says, perhaps the Torah here is telling us that when Jacob saw that the way that his father's love was given to a son was through making delicious food, that Jacob too decided that he wanted to make his father some food. He wanted to be a good cook. He wanted to learn how to be a chef for good old Isaac. And so there is Jacob, right? Doesn't it get you? All of a sudden, he's not just making soup and it happens to be he's making soup and Esau comes in from the field, but Jacob is in the business now of trying to make himself into that which will be lovable by his father. Jacob is in the business of trying to be just like Esau for the first of two times. Jacob is already, already struggling with a sense that if he only performs the right way, finds the right way in, if he can only get it, well maybe, maybe Isaac will love him. 
This theme, of course, is a theme throughout the book of Genesis, and in fact, there's no theme more vital, more important to understanding violence and families than the feeling of being rejected and what it leaves in us as scar tissue. I know that I began thinking about this week's Torah portion last week when I was invited to do a wedding, and the wedding happened to have been, um, one side of the, of the wedding was very secular, and one side of the wedding was extremely orthodox. Now, those who know me know that, that I was once extremely orthodox. I still am, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So as a recovering orthodox person, I went to this wedding, and the entire service, I kept thinking to myself, wow, I, I hope I'm getting it right for these guys. Right? I've done so many weddings in my life. But the whole service, I kept thinking, wow, I hope, they're gonna, I hope, I'm, I hope I'm wearing Esau's clothing, you see? I hope I'm cooking the stew for them. I hope, I hope, I hope. And I walked out of the wedding and I said, Oi, I can't believe it. 20 years I haven't been out of the Orthodox community and it's still in there. And you imagine, if that's the case, imagine with families, we go back for Thanksgiving. Every child that is born into the world, the universe makes a space for that child and says, here, this is your place. But families are complex, we know that. And we know that in order to make it in a family and in any system, we do what the system requires of us. Because after all, we want the system to work. We have it in our best interest. Here's Yaakov Avinu, Jacob, the patriarch, who will have to learn that through exile and the exile that is imposed, that he needs to find a deeper ground of belonging, a deeper place where he can be who he is, a deeper embrace of all of the complexity of who he is born to be. So I read that poem and I wanted to come back because ultimately, get it, it's about Black Friday. <laughs> because ultimately, the day after we don't feel, the day after there's a sense, like my dear friend is here who said so beautifully, Rob Getzel said that we confuse, idolatry is confusing gold for God. We have all of our little substitutions, we all have all those things that will make it right, all those things that if we just do them right, Right? If we just buy the right thing, it's great to buy things. This isn't an anti-consumerism rant. It isn't an anti-capitalism rant. This isn't occupy anything but the stores. It isn't any of that, but it is that quite frankly on the day after, often, not always, we can be thrown back into that place of if I only make the stew the right way, that of course we're invited to go out and fill the hole. Redemption is meeting your needs with what really meets your needs. Exile is confusing what you want with what you need. Yaakov Avinu comes along in this week's third portion and in this beautiful poem from David White, everything is waiting for you. Alertness is the hidden discipline of familiarity. Awaken ourselves to the conversation the kettle is singing, even as it pours you a drink, the cooking pots have left their arrogant aloofness 
and seen the good in you at last, and all of the birds and creatures of the world are unutterably themselves. Join the conversation, he says. You belong. Everything is waiting for you. May God bless us with a wider, deeper knowing of authenticity and longing. God bless us to find ways to be loved for who we really are in our deepest place, our truest, most vital self. May God also bless us to recognize when it is that we are in that place and to give ourselves the permission to let it go so many of us can continue to be who we really are. And let us say together, Amen.